Hello and a warm welcome to season four of The Gold Podcast. I'm Helena Beer, Gold's editor, and I'm very pleased to be back for a brand new season with my co-host and Gold's assistant editor, Isabel O'Brien. How are you, Isabel? Hello, Helena. Yes, I am very well, thank you. It's great to be back after our mini January hiatus. Indeed. Very much looking forward to speaking to a host of new guests in the upcoming weeks and months on the show. And especially looking forward to today's episode, which is with Kavita Panka, but more on that in a moment. Yes, we have lots of exciting guests in the pipeline, including Gold's upcoming catalyst, Mina Maka, who is Senior Vice President, Global Cardiovascular, Renal and Metabolism at AstraZeneca. And his interview will be sharing on Publication Day next week. Yes, in very exciting news, we have a brand new issue of Gold on the way and it is landing on no day other than Valentine's Day. And as Helena says, Mina Maka will be our latest Catalyst interviewee. Yeah, and I know you had a great conversation with him a few weeks ago, didn't you? I did expect his thoughts on tackling treatment gaps, how to champion the patient perspective and his core values for leadership. Yeah, really interesting. We look forward to sharing that. But first, let's get back to our launch episode, shall we? Yes, so today we are pleased to share an interview with Kavita Panka, who is the disease area strategy leader for neurodegeneration at Janssen. Let's get started. So to give you a bit of background about our guest today, Kavita Panka has 20 years of commercial experience in pharma, having held roles in brand management, product launches, pipeline development, global strategy, sales and market access. She spent much of her working life at Johnson & Johnson & Janssen, but has also spent eight years at Forest Laboratories. Her passion is fusing science with business strategy and patient need in order to bring innovative therapies to market. Indeed, and Kavita is also a very keen runner, and when I caught up with her last week, her personal and professional drive was palpable. It was such an interesting conversation. Yes, indeed. She is a very inspirational farmer leader of which we love to have on the podcast. So I think without further ado, let's play the interview. Kavita, hi. It's so lovely to speak to you today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much and and really glad to be here and speak with you. Yeah, it's really a pleasure to have you with us. So thank you. Um, So we've got lots to get through. So without further ado, we'll get started with the questions. Um, But we like to begin our podcasts getting to know a little bit about our guests' career journeys. And I'd be really keen to know what initially drew you to the pharmaceutical industry. Yeah, um, that's a great question. Um, you know, it's it's funny. As, as I think back, I I never thought I would go into the business side of healthcare. Um, I always, you know, ever since I was a very little girl, wanted to be a doctor. I come from a family of of a lot of physicians. Um, I took my MCATs. I was almost there. And um, funny enough, you know, my my senior year of college, I still remember this vividly. Um, I, I was asked to go to accompany one of my friends to a career fair, a job fair on campus. Um, so I went uh, rather reluctantly and, um, you know, ended up uh, having a conversation with a, a fantastic spokesperson from Johnson & Johnson. And so she sort of, you know, talked to me a little bit about what the, what the company does and, and what we're all about and global reach. And, uh, you know, several interviews later, I found myself um, my uh, first job out of undergrad as a business analyst at uh, Johnson & Johnson. 
Um, and, and, you know, it's funny back then having taken no real formal business courses in college um, and even in, in grade school, I was always kind of a, a science major or biochemistry focused. Um, I found myself really um, falling in love and having a knack for um, the, the business side of healthcare. Um, and, and really, you know, with this unprecedented ability um, you know, really, really task mission to impact patients, healthcare providers, really the broad healthcare ecosystem on a global scale. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I think about that, you know, what careers, what opportunities really allow an individual to have so much purpose, so much impact, um, and, and, you know, the rest is history. So they say, you know, that that's why I'm still here. And I, and I don't plan to leave anytime soon. Yeah, that's great to hear. Um, and I like the fact that you say you reluctantly went to the career fair. I think that's <laughs> a pretty standard, standard thing, isn't it? At that age, but actually when you do go and have those conversations, I mean, your, your story just goes to show what, what can come from that. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so obviously you say that you started out at Johnson and Johnson, and I know that you've worked at a couple of different, um, companies and over a few therapeutic areas, um, now working in neurology at Janssen. Um, but what is it about neuroscience that really excites you? Oh yeah. Um, you know, I think a lot of things, neuroscience is, is really at a moment, you know, a, a renaissance, if you will. And, and why do I say that? You know, I, I think um, actionable, exciting science, true innovation has really caught up to being able to reach patients, right? It was always um, science fiction, a, a pipe dream, you know, a, until now we're there, you know, from, from gene therapies, from biomarkers, prediction tools, a precision medicine, precision, precision neuroscience, you know, which is really all about the right treatment for the right patient at the right time. That's not fiction anymore. It's here. And that is so, so incredibly exciting for patients. You know, we've heard the news recently, um, the really exciting news about the new treatments on the horizon in Alzheimer's disease. You know, th these are these are treatments with the potential to modify the the disease, not just work on the symptoms in early course of the disease, right? Not when it's so late stage, when the damage, so to speak, is already done. And that's just one example. And and the other thing I would say is, you know, just five, maybe ten years ago, a decade ago, companies were retracting from neuroscience. They were getting out of the space. Um, you know, investment was was coming out and 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 you know supporting other therapeutic areas, and we're seeing that change now today. We're seeing the pendulum swinging back to neuroscience. Um, investment is coming back into the field, and that's and why is that, right? And I think it's it's some of the the what I shared before. It's because the science is truly advancing. And, and precision medicine is starting to become a reality. And, you know, there's no other place I'd rather be at this time, at this moment, than um, to really be able to not only be part of this, but impact this, this transformation in neuroscience. 
That's fascinating. And yeah, I guess you're making a difference for for patients who at some stage might not have thought that a, a treatment or a cure was even possible. So, so yeah, the, the impact that you're having is just phenomenal. Um, so moving on now to kind of consider um, your your team and, and that kind of thing. Um, as the disease area strategy leader neurodegeneration at Janssen, how do you foster a high performing team that can deliver results at scale? Yeah, so, you know, fundamentally, I believe at the end of the day, people want to work on a team in a job where they are aligned to the purpose, to the mission. We call it the North Star. And, and if their personal values, you know, what they care about are, are in sync with the team's broader mission and purpose, that's when you as an individual or as a team, or maybe I should say, and a team, um, really go above and beyond to deliver for that purpose or because of that why, that purpose. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, whether you sit in um, whatever therapeutic area or business that you run, I think it's largely the same concept. Mm. And so when I think about neurodegeneration at Janssen, you know, we've really taken a lot of um, care and time and work and energy to establish a strong culture, a vision for our work on this team. And every single member of the team, and it doesn't matter what their role is, um, what they do, where they sit, they're 110% committed mm -hmm. to this call. We actually call it that, you know, committed to the call. It's a rallying cry. Um, and if they weren't, they wouldn't be here. It's probably not the right role. It's probably not the right job. Yeah. You know, and, and I believe that it's only when your your why is established and, and it's ultimately aligned to the broader purpose of of your team and, and your business, that's when you go the extra mile. That's mm -hmm. when you persevere. You know, there, there's always going to be bad days. There's going to be frustration. Um, there's going to be times when you don't feel like doing it or going to work or going to that meeting but you, you persevere because you're working toward a higher purpose. Um, and I personally invest a lot in building a strong culture, a vision, again, what we call a North Star. I, I truly think it's fundamental to high performance, strong results and retention of, of top talent. Yeah, that's really interesting. And you, you mentioned retention there, but in terms of when you're recruiting people who, who mm -hmm. are going to be committed to that call is there anything that you look out for in particular any kind of attributes that really suggest to you that that they're going to be perfect for that team and that that high performing team yeah that's a, that's a great and and it and it's it's not an easy question to answer i think in in our industry and and how competitive the roles are the you know, having the, the right experiences and, and resume and all of that, that's, that's table stakes. But, but to me, you know, what I really look for as I'm talking to people, interviewing, you know, what have you, is um, that, that passion. Because I don't, I don't think you can like fake passion. <laughs> um, and, and I do think it shines through maybe in different ways. Maybe people um, express it differently. But I think if there is that true 
passion and commitment for what we are trying to do for patients. I would almost over-index on that piece, maybe, and maybe the the skills and the specific experience can be taught, um, you know. But I, but I think, um, I think it's that that fire under the belly, that urgency yeah. and that passion that I really, really um, look for and uh, and really get excited about when I'm um, when I'm building talent. Yeah. That's great. I love that. You can't fake passion. I think that's <laughs> a brilliant takeaway from this conversation. Um, so you mentioned purpose there, and, and I know that you're a big fan of, of purpose-driven culture. Um, you've kind of touched on it there. Um, I think the term is used a lot in the industry and in, in business in general, but it could be seen as just another buzz phrase or a fad. But but what does it mean to you in practice, that that purpose-driven culture? Yeah, and it's um, it's a lot of you know what what we talked about before. Um, I think at the very core, it, it's um, defining and establishing your personal why, or, or your team's why. You know, why do we continue to fight for our patients, push the boundaries of innovation, challenge the status quo, and continue to bring transformation to the field of neurodegeneration? You know, funny enough, I'm I'm at a conference here in in uh, in Cambridge, and we're talking about you know precision medicine and neurology. So it's really relevant to this conversation. Mm-hmm. And a couple of thoughts that the speakers shared were that neuroscience, neurology, is hard. It's frustrating. We fail more than we succeed. You know, in drug development for a host of reasons. It takes a long, long time to know if we're going to have success and, and a lot of money and a lot of investment and a lot of funding, right? So why? Why do we do this? Why do we stay in the game? And, you know, I, I think as I build and grow my teams, I want to bring in talent who, who, who looks at the opportunity, the job at hand as so much more than a job. Mm. You know, it's it's a calling. It's, it's kind of like, and someone described this to me, you wake up in the morning and there's a sense of urgency. That's the kind of feeling that I hope that um, my team um, and being part of this team really inspires. Absolutely. So um, you've previously talked about working at the intersection of science, communication and the customer. Um, With so many exciting developments in neurology at the moment, as you alluded to at the start, um, how do you ensure that these three facets align to ensure the best outcome for HCPs, but also and perhaps more importantly, patients? Yeah, so I, I feel that if these factors don't align, then we're, we're not going to do our job in the right way. So, you know, saying it another way, transformational science is only science unless it truly gets to the end user customer and, and helps the customer. And so the customer, and, and also the customer will only adopt the innovation if the value is clearly and meaningfully articulated to them in their language so they can understand. And so this, so here lies the intersection of translating the science to meaningful outcomes, mm. you know, to our customers. And and I, I actually think this this intersection, this trifecta is not only a nice to have, but it, it's a must have. Um, because if you only have one without the other, 
or two without the three, you're not, you're not achieving the goal. And so, you know, we uh, on our team feel very privileged that we, we have the ability to impact that intersection. I mean, that's our job every single day, every moment of our day. And, uh, you know, I think that that gives us a lot of responsibility, but a lot of, a lot of excitement to do that. Definitely. Um, so moving on to career advice, I guess, a lot of what we do is kind of based on what we've been taught by our mentors and things throughout the years. Um, and I always find it fascinating, um, those kind of key pieces of advice that, that people have received that have really stuck with them. Um, so what would you say you've kind of heard that's been particularly impactful from, from your peers and, and why would you say um, that it was so impactful for you? Oh, this is such a great question. And I've heard so, so many valuable, um, uh, you know, pieces of advice throughout my, my career journey. If I were to think about one or the one thing that kind of sticks with me, um, well, maybe it's two, sorry. <laughs> the, related. So, um, you know, the, the first is, is really to, at the end of the day, follow your heart your passion, you know, with, with the, with the moves and the roles and, and the jobs that you take. And, and I, I think I, I probably learned what they were really saying because they said this to me very early in my career. And I was kind of like, well, of course, like <laughs> what else would you do? Um, but as you, you know, you move up and you move um, along in your career, there are certain you know, roles or experiences that maybe you need to have or someone tells you you need to have um, in order to get to that next one, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's very valid and very fair. And, um, you know, but I, I think for me, don't take those decisions lightly in terms of career next steps. Only we know ourselves best, right? And what makes us tick and what makes us fire under the belly and race out of bed um, to, 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 go, to go to our jobs, to get to it. And, it, you know, I believe that someone can have all the skills and be the smartest person and ch- check all the boxes. But if, again, it goes back to passion, if their passion isn't there, they're, they're not only doing a disservice to their, you know, to, to, in our case, to our patients and to our teammates, but to themselves, mm-hmm. because they're really not true to themselves. So, so that's, kind of fundamental. And I really love that one. And I I think the other one, and and it's sort of, you know, similar. So um, it's not a, it's not a separate um, kind of piece of advice, but, and I, and I'm a runner, so I I really love this one um, because it has so much (laughs) meaning to me, but really, you know, enjoy the journey, the small moments, not just the finish line. You know, we, we are, we're all, you know, very ambitious career oriented people and, you know, you, you, you chase one thing and then you get to the next and then you get to the next and you get to the next. And we've all been through that. Right. But if we're not enjoying the process, the journey, the jobs or the moments or the experiences in between, then what's it all for? Right. Um, and so I, I just always love that. I I think that's like a life advice, (laughs) um, that has so much more meaning as I, you know, progress in even different personal stages of my life. And so, you know, I, I really, I think that that, that advice is, is near and dear to my heart. 
Yeah, I completely agree with both of those. And especially that last one, I'm a runner too, so completely oh, wow. get what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I do think it's really easy to fixate on that finish line, isn't it? And and the end goal and and you're almost kind of like moving from that one onto the next one and not not really taking time to to enjoy and and to appreciate everything that you've done and that you are doing in the run up to that. So yeah, I think that's a brilliant piece of advice. Um finally, Obviously, we are at the 1st of February now and we're recording this. So January, the classic time for for resolutions and that kind of thing has been and gone. Um, But um, I'd be really keen to know what goals you've set yourself for 2023. I know there's um, lots going on in your therapeutic area, Mm -hmm. as we have discussed. So, um, yes, personal or professional uh, or both. Um, What what goals have you set yourself uh, for this year? Sure. Um, and, and I'll give a, a, a brief flavor of, of both, uh, mm-hmm. you know, professional and personal. And thanks for the question. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a goal setter in all of my life. And I fundamentally believe that that is the way that um, you achieve, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and not just, you know, I think people think in the business world, of course, but, but no, it's, it's everywhere. It's, it's your whole, you know, it's even, it's even personal, um, any part of your life. I think goal setting is really important. So from a professional standpoint, we've 2023 is a big year for neurodegeneration and without getting into, you know, too many specific details, what I will say is that, you know, I'll call it customer engagement. And that is all-encompassing customers, patients, physicians, policy, payers, advocates, you name it, um, globally. That is the headline on, on, our, our, on our goals for the, for the neurodegeneration team. So what does that mean? You know, truly getting out there, every opportunity that we have with our customers, talking to them, really trying to understand um, you know, what, what are their needs? What keeps them up at night? What problems are we trying to solve together? And, and not just asking, you know, because the worst thing is to ask and not do anything about, but really inviting them into our world also and infusing their, their needs and their, their issues into every single thing that we do, you know, building strategy, shaping markets, mm-hmm. um, all, all of the work that's ahead of us, you know, in both the neuroimmunology and neurodegenerative spaces. So I would just, I mean, of course, there's a lot of detail beneath that, but I would mm-hmm. say that the big headline is really customer engagement and getting out there with our customers. Yeah. Are there any kind of trends that you envisage coming up in terms of those those challenges, those things that keep them up at night, anything that kind of um, you're starting to see already, or is it still a bit of a a kind of uh, waiting game to see what arises? Yeah, so I think, um, you know, we serve a number of different disease areas within Mm -hmm. neurology, within neurodegeneration. So it's definitely specific um, to, um, to different disease spaces. But one observation that I would say in, in a rare disease area that we're, um, that we're working in is, you know, these patients are so well-informed, well-versed on, um, you know, not, not just their healthcare journey, of course, but the treatments, 
what what is acceptable, what is not, yeah. but really just engaging um, with these folks. And it's such a such a wealth of knowledge. And, mm-hmm. and they they tell you like it is, which is so, so appreciative and, and helpful yeah. Yeah. Um, to build solutions. Yeah, that that learning aspect is just as crucial as the the actions that you take afterwards, isn't it? Definitely. Um, so you mentioned uh, uh, personal goals as well as yeah. professional. So do you want to? Um, yes, kind of circling back. Uh, do you want to uh, to share one or two of those? I, I would love to. I would love to. And I think what's cool is that my my personal sort of passion pursuits, if you will really do intersect um, the work I do um, on the job. And, and I think that's a, that's a really cool place to be. Yeah. So, you know, my, my personal passion lies within really the intersection of movement, nature, and, and brain health. And, and look, there, there's a lot of evidence and research out there that shows, um, you know, the first two concepts, right? Moving our bodies, getting out there, outside and nature are strongly positively correlated um, with the latter, with better outcomes, better brain health, a better physical and mental health. And so, you know, one of the goals that I've already kind of started working on is I've, I've created a grassroots community. Um, It's, it's a run club, but it's a lot more than that, which encourages kids to get out there truly um, run outside. We, we actually each week explore a different nature trail in our area and and we run together and we and we just connect with each other and connect to nature um and so the goal of this is really to promote positive you know physical and mental health with the youth community so i'm really really excited um we've had our our third practice now and it's super popular um i'm, I'm probably gonna have to start another one because there's so many kids who uh oh. who signed up and are really really excited and you know and i have my own personal running goals as well i've got i, I ran the marathon last year and i've got a few half marathons that i have um, some time goals that i'd like to set uh, for this year so um, lots of outdoor time for me, but really, really excited, um, both for my professional and personal goals. That sounds amazing. And that the grassroots uh, running club, it just, yeah, from what you described, it just sounds so inspiring. And, and to be able to promote physical and mental health, as you touched on there, is just, yeah, so important, especially for, for the next generations coming up. Absolutely. Brilliant. So, Kavita, thank you so much for joining me today. We covered a lot of ground there, talking about the pharma industry, neurology, leadership, teamship, so much more running in there as well. <laughs> um, so, Thank you so much for sharing your insights and, and for, for joining us on the podcast. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Well, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Lots of takeaways, I think, for our listeners. But if you had to pick a particular moment, what would you say? Yeah, Kavita was a great guest to speak to. Picking one is really tricky, but some of the points she was making about passion and purpose really resonated with me. And especially the part about finding your individual why and also a group unifying why. Um, Everyone should follow their heart and their passion individually and collectively. And yeah, I really enjoyed her thoughts on that. Yeah, I really like that bit too. And I think it was also fantastic to hear about her excitement about the recent developments in neuroscience. It's certainly been a very exciting time for the space. 
indeed so many different developments over the last year especially and if you're interested in hearing more we have a feature all about the developments specifically in Alzheimer's research in the next issue of Gold which explores how innovation and access must be balanced to ensure research wins can be enjoyed by patients regardless of their location. Indeed. And with that, it is time to sign off. Thank you so much for listening to our first episode of 2023. We look forward to welcoming you back next week for another interview. Yes, indeed. And thank you so much to Kavita for joining us. It really was a pleasure. As Isabel mentioned, we are back to our schedule of a new interview every Tuesday. So do be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out. Absolutely. And we will see you next week for a conversation with AstraZeneca's Mina Maka. Looking forward to it. Bye for now.